Thank you for joining me for this teaching from Pennington AG Church. Today we are starting an eight-week series through the New Testament book of Acts. We're not going to be covering the entire 28 chapters of Acts, but we will be looking at the first third of the story. Acts is a story that moves in three parts getting further and further from Jerusalem or expanding out over the known world in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and then to all the earth, or in their perspective, the entire kingdom of Rome. In this series, we are not going to get outside of Jerusalem, but we're going to look at the beginning of the church, its commission, mission, and identity brought together by the Holy Spirit to bring the message of the good news of Jesus Christ. In preparing for this series, I was praying and reflecting back to a vacation I was blessed with and privileged to be able to go on a few years ago into the city of Rome and traveling around Italy. And I remember sitting in the city in a cafe in the morning, doing my morning study and prayer with a cappuccino on the city streets of Rome, studying the book of Acts. I was able to visit the church of St. Paul outside the walls, where many believe the chains that held Paul in prison are in this church basement. I was able to walk Roman roads that are 2,000 years old, and as I walked them, thought about the early Christians traveling these roads, using them to spread and share the message of the good news of Jesus Christ. It was one of the most spiritual experiences of my entire life to spend that time in Rome and then return back to the States and for the next six weeks study the story of Acts. And two takeaways for myself as I studied it. The first is that the Gospel of Acts is a real history about real people sharing a real life-changing mission. The story of Acts happened. It is part history. It is part theological direction. It is part declaration of the good news of Jesus. And as we read it, it is telling the story of real people in a real place on a real life-changing mission. And to begin in that time, see myself in this real story of these real people. And to know that 2,000 years later, as I'm reading this book, as I'm praying myself, as I'm living out my faith, to understand my place in the story. That Acts is about taking the resurrection and continuing it onward into human history. It is about taking the story of Jesus, his ministry, and continuing it by the early church. And then the Roman Catholic and the Orthodox taking the story and continuing it onward. And then the Reformation taking that story and continuing it forward until today we have the privilege and power to continue that ministry and story in our lives today. The Gospel of Acts invites us to be a part of the mission of Jesus and to see our role in bringing the kingdom of God to all creation. Let's begin with some background information on the story of Acts. The book of Acts was written somewhere between the mid to late first century, somewhere probably around late 66, 67 AD, but in the latter half of the first century. And we know that Acts is a two-parter. It's the second part of two stories. The gospel writer Luke also wrote the story of Acts, and he begins both attributing it to telling the story and to the same benefactor, the great Theopolis, who he's writing to, and both are this continuation of one story. 
the ministry of Jesus. In fact, both stories are one scroll length. Both stories take place over approximately 33 years, and both stories follow a similar arc of starting in a small place, expanding wide. We see ministry and then trials and the message continue with power. And so as we read Acts, know that it's part of a continuation story. The author tells the story of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection in Luke. And then he tells the story of Jesus' commission of the church, its birth in Jerusalem, and its growth throughout Israel and to the farthest reaches of Rome in the story of Acts. And if Luke is the recorded ministry of Jesus, then Acts is the recorded ministry of Jesus continued through his Holy Spirit and his church. As we read Acts, it is important not to disconnect it from the story of Jesus, not to disconnect it from the ministry of Jesus. Luke writes two stories, a continuation, one tale of Jesus Christ reconciling the world to himself and bringing the kingdom of God for him to rule and reign through these two stories. And as we study Acts, remember the mysterious power throughout this book is that while Jesus ascends at the end of the first chapter of the 28 chapters, he continues his work through the presence of his Holy Spirit and the testimony of his church present in the world. Let's look at how it begins in Acts chapter 1, looking at the first three verses. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. The story of Acts is that the ministry of Jesus does not end at the resurrection. It continues forward. In fact, many scholars say all of human history can be summed up in three acts. The Old Testament narratives, the New Testament gospels, and the story of Acts. We see the problem, the solution, and the resolution. And in Acts, we read the resolution, how God is bringing back together all that was broken through his church, by the power of his Holy Spirit, and in the telling of the story of Jesus Christ. In fact, this passage here in Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 8, overlap with Luke chapter 24, 49 through 53. The ending of Luke and the beginning of Acts overlap. So if you're reading the two separately, you may go, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. What's, what's happening? There's two narratives about Jesus ascending. He's talking about the Holy Spirit twice, two different times. He tells it and then he ascends and then he's back and he ascends again. Luke is doing what we know maybe from Hardy Boys fiction or if you've ever read a Dan Brown novel. The last chapter ends with a cliffhanger and then the next chapter begins on that same story in order to keep you reading and continue it together. He ends Luke with an intentional ending is the same as he begins Acts so that you know both scrolls are part of a whole. He's showing you these are not separate stories, but one in the same. The death and resurrection is not the ending of Jesus' ministry. It is the climax 
But the story climax happens in the middle of the story. Think about a marriage. I've been blessed to be married four years, almost five years, about four and a half now at this point. But my wife and I also dated for almost 15 years before we were married. And if I said that our relationship ended at the marriage, which would be the Disney version of it, courtship, difficult, breakup, back together, finally getting married, it would only be a part of the story. And if I told you the wedding, it'd be a beautiful story about all of us coming together and God's grace and healing in us. But it's not the end of the story. It's maybe the climax moment, but we've had four, almost five years together now, and I hope to have many more decades of God's grace and love and reconciliation in our life. When we read the Gospels and we read Acts, know that the Gospel stories don't end at the resurrection. It climaxes at the resurrection, but then the story continues. The story of Acts is the ministry of Jesus continues. It continues through you and I. It continues by the presence of his Holy Spirit. Let's look continuing on. Acts chapter 1 verses 4 and 5. This is beginning still his introduction. Once when Jesus was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You may read this now and you can see the shadows of chapter 2, maybe the most famous chapter in the whole story of Acts, when the Holy Spirit comes on the church, the church is born, baptism in spirit and fire, and people speak in tongues that, that no one could understand, and it's this miraculous power. But in this moment, they're probably thinking, I don't really know what that means. What does it mean to be baptized by the Holy Spirit? What does it mean to be baptized in fire? Water, I understand. I go in, it cleanses me. Baptized in fire is a little bit scary. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is the presence of God here on earth. And what Jesus is telling them is, in a moment, I am going to ascend. I will no longer be present on this earth, but I am sending you my Holy Spirit who is also me, united together in Trinitarian theology, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all co-equal parts of the Godhead. And he's saying, I am not leaving you alone, but my spirit will be present in you and working through you. Acts is the continuation of Jesus' story because his Holy Spirit and his church are present. There are three themes throughout Acts, and we see them in this short passage here. Three themes, Jesus ascends and then he moves in three parts. He leaves behind, one, the story of Jesus. The story of Jesus is a central theme of Acts. They tell it, they share it, they die for it in sharing the story of who Jesus was, is, and the power of his resurrection. Number two is the people who tell the story. Acts is the story of Jesus as lived out by his people, by his followers, by his church. It's their story as well as it is Jesus' story. It's sharing it together as they share the story. And then third, it is the Holy Spirit who empowers his people to live the story. It's the story, the people who tell the story, and the Holy Spirit that works through us to live out the story, to continue to bring healing, to continue to do things like forgiveness, grace, mercy, miraculous works that we can't do on our own strength. It's the story of Jesus, the people who tell it, and the Holy Spirit that empowers us to live it out. Together, these three 
themes run throughout the entirety of the 28 chapters of Acts. So we see a pattern in Acts and we see it begin to be revealed in this first chapter. And that is that Acts models Luke. Another way of saying the church models the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And the church in its best, most ideal form looks like the life of Jesus. Jesus came to reconcile all things to himself through his work on the cross and his triumph over death. In Acts, we see the church continuing to reconcile the world through our self-denial and triumph over death through the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Paul says it to a church in Corinth a different way in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 through 20. And all of this, he says, is a gift from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. The church is Christ continued. As we read the story of Acts, we see Jesus Christ continued in his people, by his story, through his spirit. And honestly, the church has not always done a great job of this. We see this in the story of Acts itself. We see infighting, we see betrayal, we see death and loss and lies. But we also see the beautiful continuation of the ministry of Jesus. We see the blind given sight. We see the deaf able to hear. We see those without hope reconciled back and shared with the story of a loving God who has came for them and died in their place. We see Christ followers giving up resources and wealth to one another. We see forgiveness freely offered. We see grace and mercy as a way of life. We see a burning passion to share the message of Jesus, driving people from their homes and all across the globe there is beauty in the story of Acts as we see the ministry of Jesus continued. The arc of Acts follows the same arc as the story of Luke, which is another way of saying the church follows the arc of the life of Jesus. Or as theologian and Bible scholar Tim Mackey says it, when Jesus' followers are faithful, their life story will follow the arc of Jesus' story. This means when we are faithful and obedient in following Jesus, when the church is faithful and obedient in following Jesus' model, our life will look like his life. And that means there will be power and there will be beauty. That means there also will be hurt and loss and persecution and death. This is the story of Jesus' life and we see it lived out in Acts. And the story of Acts calls us to still live it out today. How much of our life looks like Jesus' life? How much of our life is working in his same healing and wisdom and power and beauty? Where are we still expecting loss and persecution and suffering as a result of the story of Jesus in our lives? Where do we see love for others and death for self? as an identity of the mission of Jesus continuing in and through us.
Let's finish out this introduction. Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I wouldn't blame you if at this moment you read this and were sort of wondering, how good of a communicator was Jesus? But I think better is how dense are human beings that the apostles are asking this question for like the half dozenth time as Jesus is teaching and working and preaching the kingdom of God and they keep asking, are we going to get power on this earth now? Like, are we going to take over Rome now? Like, are we going to get to rule and kill some people now? You know, that, that obviously that wasn't true, Jesus, because you had to go to the cross and resurrect and now you're alive. But like, now we're going to do that, right? And Jesus tells them, it's not for you to know the date or the time or the hour my father has set. He doesn't say that that never will come. But what he says to them, that is not the goal of your life. That is not the object of what you are to be and to know. We want, and we are people who like goals, times, targets. Jesus, tell me when it's done. Tell me when the goal is accomplished. Tell me when I can stop and rest. We want to know what the goal is when what Jesus is teaching us about the character of who we are. It's not about a target goal to accomplish. It is about a lifestyle of living Christ in and through us. Jesus says, it's not about knowing when you're done. I don't care when you're done and when it's accomplished. I care about your transformation to become more like me. And I'm giving you my Holy Spirit to transform you because we have work to do in this world to transform it, to reconcile it, to heal it, to give it hope and peace and joy and love. And I want you to embody that. Don't be thinking about when you can stop or when the job is done. Simply live in my character and presence. We ask when. Jesus says, sometime. We ask where. He says, everywhere. We ask who. He says, everyone. We ask how. And he says, by my story and by my spirit, you will accomplish this. Lastly, we see here famous phrase of you go from Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria to the ends of the earth. This is perhaps the best example of the continuation of the story from Luke into Acts. Because we see the same pattern of the story beginning internally, beginning in the heart of the community, and then expanding outward. In the story of Luke, we see it begin in Jesus' hometown of Galilee and Nazareth, above the Galilean Sea, and Jesus operating there. And then we see it expand into Samaria and some of the regions south of Galilee. And finally, we see Jesus arrive in Jerusalem, the cultural and national center of the nation. The whole nation begins in a tiny town, expands into the region, and moves into the whole nation. We see it from Luke 3 to Luke 9, then Luke 9 to Luke 19, then Luke 19 to Luke 24. In Acts, we see the same pattern repeated. We see it begin in Jerusalem as the church is formed and God works in their hearts and performs miracles and reveals who Jesus was and is. 
Then we see it expand to the whole nation of Israel and Samaria to take over the whole nation. And then it moves to Rome, to them, the entirety of the known world during their life. In Acts 2 to 8, we see it in Jerusalem. In Acts 8 to 12, we see it in Judea and Samaria. And then Acts 12 to 28, we see mission after mission of the kingdom of God expanding into all of the known world. And as we read the story of Acts, understand this theme, that God's work always begins internally in the small things, the small communities, the small expectations. And as he transforms us by his spirit and by the story and person of Jesus, we naturally expand and grow and radiate out his ministry and his power. Where you are right now may feel very small. And when we think about giant missions and you might read Acts and think about Paul gallantly sailing across the sea, going to Rome to try and confront the emperor over the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you may think now about dramatic stories of missionaries on the other side of the world or how many 8 billion people are on this planet and what to accomplish. Those are the goals that Christ Jesus has set. He is always set to reach all of his people on this entire planet. But he begins inside of you and I. He begins in our small communities and his Holy Spirit empowers us to radiate out from where we are to where God is expanding us to eventually his global reach of the whole world. Jesus Christ says, my ministry isn't over with the resurrection. It continues through you. When I was first a lead pastor, as young as 27, I wasn't married, and I still, even at 35, oftentimes feel like I'm pretending to be an adult, and I always like go into a meeting and I expect them to call me out and be like, all right, Brian, the game is over, but the adults are gonna take it from here. But at 27, I was really young and inexperienced. And in the beginning of my time, the church was older, and I performed a lot of funerals during that era probably age 27 to 28, I performed something like a dozen funerals of older church members that had been a part of this church for generations. An inside idea into me is I also grew up in this church. And so the funerals I was performing were people who were in many ways giants in my life. They had taught me Sunday school or they had been elders when I was a teenager at this church before I left to go to college. And many of them influenced me and led and discipled me. And performing their funerals, while sad because I knew them, there was also this internal feeling of fear because these people who were leading the way and also were sort of like a safety net of life and wisdom were gone. And I felt like, well, now what? What's gonna happen when I find out this was all a sham? I can't do this or I'm gonna fail. Where do I land from here? And it was in that moment, I genuinely felt the Holy Spirit speak into me of, I live in you. I am going to work in you. This is your time and your calling to begin to be a mature follower of mine and to lead in ministry. Represent me in your life. Don't live vicariously through someone else and a little bit of their work in you. No, you are my church. You are my agent of ministry. You are my representation of the resurrection. I can work in you. Wherever you are watching this, you may be young or you may be old or somewhere in between, 
But as you read the story of Acts, and as we spend eight weeks studying the beginning of Christ's church here on earth, know that you and I are the continuation of the power of Christ Jesus here on this earth. We are his chosen agents to reconcile a broken, lost world under his loving grace and power. He has chosen us to be his agents and he has given us his spirit so that we will not fail. He will work through us, he will empower us, and he will unite us. And so as we read dramatic stories, know you are invited in to the continuation of the ministry of Christ Jesus. It continues today in you and I. I want to read the end of Luke as a closing passage. Luke 24, verses 46 through 48. Then Jesus opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that his message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations. Beginning in Jerusalem, there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. We are the witnesses of what Christ has done, is still doing, and is going to do to reconcile and redeem this world. Be encouraged. You may be watching this message and you may not have a relationship with Jesus. You may not know God intimately or may not even be secure in where you're going to go when one day you leave this earthly presence. I wanna give you a chance today to take one step of faith into that relationship with Jesus, to invite him in, to know him as savior and friend. If you are a follower of Jesus, you can take this as a moment to recommit and reconnect into the mission and into the character of Jesus. If you'll pray with me. In this moment, Jesus, I recognize that you are Savior and Lord. I believe that you came to this earth and you live as God and man, flesh and spirit on this earth. I believe that you went to the cross and on the cross you died in my place. You took the penalty of my sin, my failure, and my shame, and you died in my place. I believe you were buried and on the third day you rose from the grave, resurrected with glory and power, and by your resurrection, I can be resurrected to eternity and new life in you. I confess my need for you and my sin. Will you be my Savior and my Lord? I will follow you all the days of my life. You gave your life for me. Today I commit my life to follow you. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. If you prayed that for the first time today, just click one of the links around this video and let us know. We would love to celebrate with you and resource you on your journey of finding new life in Christ Jesus. Thank you for joining me for this teaching from Pennington AG Church.